Once upon a time in a magical land of make-believe and mystery, there were two girls who dreamed that one day the stories they read in books would come to life. They often wondered what it would be like to see characters from those books live in their world and even interact with characters from other books. Those dreams have come true, and those girls are now grown, but their imaginations are still filled with the magic of childhood, and every week they like to take an adventure beyond Storybrooke. Welcome to Beyond Storybrooke. I'm Trina. And I'm Addie. And we're here to discuss episode 20 of Once Upon a Time called Lily, which aired April 26, 2015. We're brought to you by goldenspiralmedia.com. Lily, Lily, Lily. We finally get to see Lily. Who's that? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's jump into our quick recap. In this episode, the sorcerer explains that Lily and Emma are forever intertwined. Sorcerer says the author must never be allowed to toy with fate again and sends the apprentice to make sure no damage has been done. Maleficent wants Emma to help her find Lily, so Regina and Emma road trip to New York so they can save Robin and look for Lily. We see a flashback back in 1999 and Emma has a new foster family, but Lily messes that up when she asks Emma to help her. Emma finds out Lily is wanted for robbery and wants Lily to leave, but before she does, Lily asks Emma to get her necklace that belonged to Maleficent back from her boyfriend's place so that she can steal her foster family's vacation money. When Emma's foster parents find out the money is missing and the truth about Lily and their history, they're upset and Emma runs away. Lily, of course, finds Emma and says that they can run away together with the money. Emma pushes her away for ruining her foster family. In present day, a flat tire causes Emma and Regina to seek help at a local gas station and coffee shop where they find Lily. Pretending to be happy, Lily tells Emma to leave her alone. Emma doesn't buy it and finds her address. Regina and Emma find that Lily knew about her and her parents all along thanks to The Apprentice and wants revenge. Emma has an opportunity to kill Lily to protect her parents, but Regina talks her out of it. Regina finds out Rumpel stole back Belle's heart, so they take off to save Robin. Zelina reveals herself to Robin, and Robin refuses to leave because Zelina is pregnant. Surprise! The daughter's back. A baby is in the picture, maybe, baby, maybe. (laughs) We're not sure. So I don't want to say any more because I I just want to go right into the ratings from here on out because I think that alone explains how good this episode was. Definitely a much better episode than last week. Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) We got a lot of people loving this episode here. All right. So Chris Tipton gives this rating an 8 out of 10 dragon leashes. And I give it an 8.5 out of 10 half moon necklaces. And I give it a 9 out of 10 fate wolves. Good one. Yeah, because the wolf keeps coming up every time something changes. So that's kind of my little dorky pick of the week. And in regards to Chris Tipton's rating about last week, we have an update for you. But that will be in the feedback section, which is coming up soon. All right. So where do we want to start? I mean, the meat of this episode obviously deals with Lily and Emma. Yeah. So we need to talk about Lily. Absolutely. (laughs) When's the last time we saw Lily? Like what? Was it a season ago? I want to say it was in the beginning of the season. With Frozen, right? That's when we started learning the connection between uh, Emma and the Snow Queen, which involved the whole thing with Lily as her childhood friend. That's right. And they didn't really go into Lily, but that's when everybody started to suspect, hey, Lily's going to play a huge part in the future. She's not a character that we should just kind of say, well, that was just Emma's best friend when she was a kid. Yeah. When she did come up in the past, everybody was kind of along the same lines. Like there's something about her. Yeah. She's got to be a big, she has to play a big role later on because they wouldn't just bring her into the picture and then... Leave, let her leave like that. And give her a special birthmark like that too. Like exactly. To me, that was the the symbol of pay attention to this character. She's coming into the future. Even though I know nothing about spoilers, uh, I'm recently getting into spoilers, but <laughs> I didn't know anything about this character. But that alone told me this character is going to come back. And sure enough, almost towards the end of this season, here she is. The writers tell us more in deep dive 
on who Lily is. It gives us more story surrounding the Charmings, uh, surrounding the current events in Storybrooke. So we have quite a few things to cover today. There's a lot surrounding Lily and Emma and their whole dynamic. And the, the first thing that I think I want to mention is what the sorcerer said, or what we think is a sorcerer, the blue entity in the beginning, mm-hmm. right? That they were, they are forever in, intertwined as they always were. So even regardless of if the Charmings purposely gave Emma's darkness, he kind of alluded to the fact that Maybe they are supposed to be intertwined like that. Yeah, from birth. Um, and I think it's just that that always the good versus evil. And then they kind of make fun of it throughout the episode. Like, who would have thought, you know, I, I became good friends with the the dark side's, you know, daughter. And then that's when Regina kind of smirks at it, too, and says, well, who would have thought that I would adopt the savior's son? And so it's right. these very ironic situation between Emma and Lily throughout this whole, I, I guess, their life, pretty much. I was to say, they bring up fate. Yeah. Fate plays a big role. I mean, they're constantly bringing fate up. And I think the best line of this show, or of this episode, I'm sorry, is probably Regina, who said, our actions are our own, but fate pushes us together, or fate pushes us. So you have Lily and Emma, and as we see in their past, where... Emma was, Lily wasn't that far away. No, she wasn't. Wherever she was, Lily was not that far away. They're in each other's lives intertwined, whether they like it or not. Because that was one of the questions, like, what separated these two? What happened to Lily after Emma? Because if they were such good friends, why doesn't Emma ever bring Lily up the whole entire time she's in Storybrooke? Until this storyline starts to stem up from the whole thing. And this is where we learn you know what? She was fed up with the bad ways of how Lily was. She was just so rebellious and she was caught up in in every decision that she made was just horrible, horrible, horrible. And you have Emma who's trying to just be in in a loving family. But when you have a friend like this, it's almost impossible. And she resented Lily for everything that she was doing. Right. What I don't understand is Lily also had, well, we see, we seem, it seems that she had a good family. Mm -hmm. Like she had a foster family and Emma had a foster family. She could have just let it be. What I don't get is they both had good foster families, yet Lily chooses to mess it up. And this is what I kind of don't like about the episode. They blame the darkness. Something is always off about me. There's something wrong with me. There's something dark about me. Everything I do, I think is right, but is wrong. So they're kind of using that as a crutch of why she has bad luck. But to me, when you look at the episode or from what we see anyway, Mm -hmm. it's her own actions that are causing the problem. This is all what the writers are trying to tell us as the viewer is saying, hey, remember what the Charmings did to Lily? And they kind of even bring this up again when the Charmings try to go and apologize to Maleficent Right. Now, I know we have this in our notes to bring up later. <laughs> this just all ties in together. When the Charmings go to try to apologize to Maleficent, Maleficent's pretty much saying, don't apologize to me. You have to apologize to the life that you just ruined, that you ruined years ago. You put her fate up to a, a reality of just ruin, ruin after ruin after ruin. So I think that's the the writers telling us, this is why we're saying that it's, that She's always in the bad because of what they did. They purposely went to the apprentice, right? And they said, hey, please take away the chances of our daughter becoming evil by giving it to this one, which is really <laughs> cruel. And it, it, it happened. So that's what they're saying. And that's why even the apprentice comes back up into the picture as feeling so, so guilty and turning to the what is it the sorcerer is that what we're thinking it is yeah the blue entity yeah the blue entity he feels so bad that he turns to the blue entity and says you know is there a way to prevent or reverse what i did because i can't i was in the hands or in the powers of the author and he pretty much says you know going forward we just have to make sure that the author has no more power and then he kind of finds it uh comforting to meet with lily in the future and able and he's able to tell lily hey you know what i'm sorry but here's your true story to why you are the way you are who your true parent 
is. Again, we don't know who the father is, <laughs> but we know who the mother is. So I think that's the writers, you know, as much as we don't want to say like, you know, that's kind of a cop out to say, oh, it's, it's, um, it's just my fate to always be in, in bad situation after bad situation. It's the writers saying it's the charming's fault. So that brings up a question then. Okay. And I kind of, I wrote this down too. Okay. Won't it be, okay. So we, ha- we talked about this last week that Emma and Lily possibly, it's like a, a scale, right? Like mm-hmm. a, t- like a tipping, like one's good, one's bad. But what if, and so we have fate, right? Mm-hmm. So, so the Charmings did this to Lily, put Emma's potential for darkness into Lily. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to prevent Emma from becoming dark. But in this episode, Rumpel kind of says, little do they know, the person that's going to make her dark is probably Lily. So wouldn't it be kind of like karmic, like karma? Uh, that the Charmings put darkness to prevent it. And the one who they put all the darkness in is the one to bring out the darkness in Emma. I think it's that whole thing. Be careful what you wish for. Be careful playing with magic because magic always comes with a price. That's always a tagline that's... In and out of, of once upon a time. So I think that's that's another reminder. Like no matter what you do with magic, it comes with a price. So the Charmings think that what they did, okay, they prevented uh, from their daughter of having the chance of turning evil. But as Rumple Rumple's hoping that, hey, Lily's going to have so much resentment towards Emma's parents and towards everybody that's done not only her wrong, but maybe even her mother wrong. And she wants to use that uh, that revenge and that hate. She wants to get revenge on them. What better than the good versus evil for the savior and Maleficent's daughter to be butting heads? The savior and the anti-savior. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's what Rumple means. It's this revenge that Lily has, this anger that's going to trigger for Emma to defend and turn evil. But then there's, there's that blurred line that you've brought up in the past. Like, well, she's just doing her job to protect. Is protecting turning evil? Right. And then it goes into the whole thing about what I said about the villains. A lot of the time, the villain villains are out for vengeance. And here you have Lily out for revenge. Yeah. And Emma's just going to try to protect her parents. Yeah, they did wrong. They should pay for it, but not at the cost of their lives. So she's going to do it. Even though she's mad at them, she's still going to protect them. And you see this kind of up and down throughout the episode with her. You know, she doesn't want to talk to them or say goodbye when she goes to New York. And then the moment that Lily threatens them, she's like, no, I'm going to, you know, there's that scene with the gun. She's ready to shoot her. Right. And then it's back to, it's just up and down. Like, yeah, they were wrong in doing that, but you're not going to kill them. And she even tells Regina you know, Lily took away my my foster family once before. She's not going to take away my real family again. I think they're just too caught up in the past that they, as as they were young, they didn't understand what the backstory to their life was until now. Neither. And of them you think did. until now, this is what would would pretty much resolve those hard feelings, right? And I think I'm not sure. Maybe you refresh my mind, but did. Did Emma end up telling Lily, hey, I'm sorry, but it's kind of my parents' fault that this happened? She she blamed it on her, actually. She's like, it, it, you know, all the bad things that are happening to you are kind of my fault. So the, that's the thing. She didn't uh, outright say that, but, you know, I kind of had something to do with it. But to me, I don't really think she did. No, it's, it's I think somebody brought it up last episode it's not really even the Charming's fault. It's the, the author's author. fault. It's his his whole thing for wanting to have a good story that wrote, hey, the Charmings are going to do this. The Apprentice is going to do this. And Lily happens to be this. And Emma turns to be this. So it's the author's doing, not the Charmings, not Maleficent. It, nobody's fault. That's, you know, that's what I thought too. But somebody else had an argument that, it is the author who kind of wrote that and, and manipulated it that way. But in, at the end of the day, it's free will. The Charmings chose to do that. And even the apprentice said, choose, you know, I think he forewarned them, like, choose wisely. It's you, once you do this, you can't go back. Yeah. And they still chose to do it. 
but I don't think how I don't think they understood how far it would go that they would actually should actually be banished into another world. So I want to go back to the apprentice and the author when he turns to the sorcerer, the blue entity. Again, he he says the author has been taken care of. He's locked inside this book, and he's to never mess with fate again. Okay. That sentence brought my attention. Did that mean that he fixed the errors or the the wrongdoing that the author did? Or is it pretty much, you know what, this is irreversible. We just have to do what's best going forward. Now, now that he knows that the author is trapped inside his book, who did he appoint as the new author? Because I think that's that would be the point where, okay, this author's done. Who's our next author? Right. And that's something I kind of brought up too. Like if he was trapped all that time, who yeah. was recording all this time? And the sorcerers, the sorcerer and the apprentice was well aware that this author was trapped. It was their doing or more the apprentice doing. So I think there's still one more person we need to be introduced to here. The true author. We're, we're so caught up in the author of the past, a.k.a. Isaac, who is the current author? That's where I think Henry comes in. Well, not really me, but my coworker, Sarita. Okay. And I brought it up in the past couple episodes. She has a theory that Henry's the next author. And I, I'm as these episodes and the season goes on, I kind of think the same thing. He's been there the whole time. Mm-hmm. So and he, he has this uh, attraction and love for the book. When we were first introduced to Henry... It was the story of Snow giving him this book and he just instantly became attracted to it, It immersed himself into it. And then he started to um, pretty much tell his mother, Emma, like, this is our life right here. This is the truth. So I think he gravitates to it for a reason. So you might be on the right path. Yeah, I I can see that happening. Again, fate. Exactly. Connects fate. you to where you need to be. A lot of themes in this fate, free will, karma. And and with that said, I want to mention a line that Emma says. And to me, it is it was kind of it was kind of the reality of not just the show of but just of life. And kind of thinking at that moment, you know, here we have a whole world where they kind of leave everything to the to the whole of magic, of fate of this is how we're written. We're just characters. Let's go along with it. Let's just try to make the best of it. But let's also deal with the craziness of being part of this fantasy world or this, these, yeah, this enchanted story, the storyline. But you have Emma, who's really in a dark, dark spot in her life right now. She's just messed up. She's in, in this rage of, I just want to be me. I want to be in love. I want to have my family but then I'm I'm resenting my family because they've lied to me. And on top of that, I have to deal with all of this BS of evil, good versus evil. So she's kind of just in rage of what's going on with my life. That's that's her frustration right there. And she says a line to Regina, which I thought was very it was eye opening for me. It was kind of like that time, that point in the story of not just this episode but of this of this whole series and she says there are no heroes and villains just people with real problems <laughs> that's a good line yeah yeah and that's what it essentially that's what it is and you're right everybody's putting it on some outside force a story fate magic and they kind of accept it but she's she's here at this point again in her life with you know excuse my french but cut the bs this is this is just real life that we're messing with and we need to stop it Exactly. I agree completely. And it kind of goes back to, and I know we kind of discussed this earlier about Lily, but, you know, they make it like she's hardwired for bad decisions. Again, it's just people with problems. Handle it. Get over it. I kind of wanted to say get over it. Like they made Lily seem like, and I guess it is part of the storyline because, you know, dark versus good or, you know, dark and light, whatever, evil Mm -hmm. and good that she has all that darkness in her, but that doesn't mean that, you know, when they put the darkness in her, it doesn't mean that everything she does is bad. Like, I don't know. Well, we we do see her a vulnerable spot. She pretty much reaches out to, to Emma and says, you know, I need you. Right. Don't leave me. (laughs) That's another thing too. And that's why it goes with the whole, the scales thing that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. She, she even tells her like, when you're gone, 
every when you left, everything went crazy. Yeah. So it's almost like they have to be together to be whole. The yin and the the yang. Y- the yin and yang. Yeah. <laughs> In, so we meant I just mentioned uh that moment where you have Lily saying, you know, I need you. There's also another person who surprisingly says this, who I've never really heard her say this to anybody else. I don't think she's even said it to Robin, but Regina said, I need you. Yeah. Pretty much beat her herself. She kind of said it not as in, in a dramatic or moment type of way in the story, but just to hear her say, you know what? I need you. I I need you to go with me to, to New York. I need you on, on my journey. Let's do this together. And I think it's, it's kind of ironic because we're, Introduced to Lily as as Emma's best friend, but that's her best friend of the past. The best friend currently is Regina. I agree. I like I like where Regina and Emma are going. Their bond is really strong. I mean, like you said, she asks for her help and she says, I need you. And you make a good point. She's never, ever really said that to anybody. Yeah. And at the scene with the gun, with when she's pointing the gun oh. to Lily, ready to kill her, the only person who could talk sense into her and talk her down was Regina. And I love, I just love the direction of that that whole scene because they did like a a pan out, a pan out, and, and it's then just, the shadows, it's just still, scene, yeah. And you see Lily leaning leaning on the floor, and her arms are back, the gun pointed, and Regina's like, "Don't!" And then you see another view where you're yeah. seeing both, like you said, the childhood best friend and the the now best friend regina you know kind of, i don't know i yeah, just like the whole no, scene i of agree it. that image in itself is so powerful if you ever want a picture to say a thousand words it's that That's one it. of this whole i think this whole ser- season you have that image and i feel like that very same scene was so real to this story and just life and it's, it may sound weird but I, I could have I could have felt that I was there with them and just take a fresh breath of, of air there because just that whole scene that you just depicted, I know exactly which one you're talking about. Yeah, I, and I maybe we can make it the image for the uh, show notes, the post, like because yeah. that that scene was amazing. And again, going back to Regina and Emma, you have Regina really being her guidance throughout this whole journey going to New York, coming back, talking her down. And who best to to say, you know what, I've been there and don't give into it. And you have a hook right before she goes off. Who gives her that advice, that same advice too? Hey, I've been in your shoes. I know how it is, but resist it. Resist the 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 want to revenge. Resist that that pain, that anger. It's not worth it. I need you. He pretty much said that too. I need you. She has a lot of people saying, I need you, but it seems that right now, the only person that can really get to her is only Regina and Henry. But I think even Henry, she, she kind of sees him as still the child. Like you're a child. I know you need me. And I know I'll, you, I'll always be here for you. But when it comes to anybody else right now, she's kind of like guards are up walls, brick walls are up against them. Yeah, and she said it last episode, the only people she trusts right now is Regina and Hook. Mm-hmm. I love the Regina and Emma dynamic, the w- the way their bond is growing. Yeah. And y- you're right. Regina's the only one that could talk sense into her, wherever it may be. On When she went to New York with her, when they're in New York, she was kind of like the voice of reason for yeah. her. You know, so I, I just like where they're going. I, I like it too. Now, there's another scene um, there that happens, and it raises a question. It has my eyebrow go up. You have that scene where they're fighting, and Lily punches Emma back in the face. And when that happens, something magical happens, and the the, uh, iconic buggy's light goes out. Thunder. The thunder thunder? happens, and it even caught Regina's attention. So that brings up the question of what kind of powers does Lily possess that she doesn't know of yet? Absolutely. Because Emma never knew about her powers. No. And, and it's so taken I could, her time to accept it. Right. And I can only imagine. Maybe she already knows. We don't know. Because we, we didn't know how much she knew until we found that room. they found that room. Oh, yeah. I feel that 
so let's go back to Emma's beginning. Emma had a hard time to believe that she was part of this world. And she's it's just taking her time to, okay, accept, believe, now take ownership of her power. I think Lily is way ahead of her when it comes to that. Oh, so yeah. I, I, I'm kind of with you on that, that maybe she does know about her powers. Maybe she knows more than what Emma knew going into this. So... Well, she had the apprentice tell her everything too. So, That's and true. we don't know what exactly the apprentice told her. And how long has their relationship been together? You never know if they've kept in touch. You don't know if from then on has Lily been exercising or, or practicing, you know, activating this power. So I think Lily, this is, this is just the beginning. Oh, I agree. Absolutely. Uh, before we move on, though, to the, the next topic, I want to say something about fate and Emma wanting to help. I okay. think it's kind of funny that, okay, so you have fate that brings her and Lily together. You know, you have the the wolf. And she said it's not the first time she's seen that. That was the same wolf that she said she saw when she was trying to leave Storybrooke. Mm-hmm. And then she gets a flat tire and then they live only 30 minutes from each other. And then the coffee shop. So, you know, the the lying theme, the overlaying theme is fate. I think it's funny that Emma helping people comes with a cost. Because she tries to help Marion and ends up bringing back <laughs> Zelina that, but doesn't know about it, right? Yeah. And then um, she tries to help Lily steal the necklace, but that's the cost of her foster family. Oh, my gosh. And then... Um, what else was there? Oh my gosh. You're was, so right on all of it's this. It's so funny. She <laughs> tries to help, but it, you know, and it just comes with a price for her. And she's so innocent. Yeah. Like, Cause she is really honestly trying to help, but, yeah. and then now she's going to bring Lily to Storybrooke, which is going to unleash the whole war. So, so to speak. Uh-huh. So do you, hmm, do you think that's, that's kind of the karma in what her parents have done? <laughs> like, you know, you, you try to, you try to get rid of the evilness from your daughter. But it's going to come follow. But it's going to follow in a way that your daughter will always be disappointed for trying to be a good person. That could be. That could be the key right there for yeah. her becoming evil that she realizes no matter what I do, it doesn't go wrong. For, it doesn't go right for me. It may seem that things are all right for me, but... <laughs> Maybe she starts to point out everything you're pointing out because it's so true. Well, then it it goes on the flip side with Lily because she says the same thing. Everything I do, I thought was right, but it's wrong. Yeah. But we don't see that. We don't see, you know, too much of her history there yet. You know, she's just kind of saying that. But I don't know. I just thought it was funny. I was like, here she goes trying to help again. Yeah. And she, you know, she had a chance to kill Lily. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't. Because it, you know, the kind of mixed emotions there. And Regina's right. It would ruin the rest of her life if she did that. But every time she tries to help, it mm-hmm. kind of backfires. Not necessarily on her, but it messes up With everybody those that she else's. Yeah. And cares for. Yeah. Now, do you think that when you have Lily reunited with Maleficent, her mom, that her life becomes better? Is that what they're trying to depict to say... Once she's reunited with her mother, her mother has the power to take away that evilness or is her life doomed to always have bad results? Like what what happens to Lily from here on out once she is reunited with her mother? Well, that's what we got to see. They start a war, apparently. <laughs> Which is evil, more evil. Evil powers, so like, hmm. evil, pow- evil powers combined. Yeah. Hmm. That, that's my question for Lily. Yeah. I mean, we'll see because we don't know. I mean, yeah, she has all that darkness in her. But there's, like you said, also vulnerability. And especially when it comes to Emma and needing Emma. So it'll be interesting to see when they have to go at, you know, head to head with one another. If that's what's going to happen. <laughs> one thing too, I want to mention the foster family. And I was watching the episode. I was like, she didn't really have to run away. They were, yeah, they were upset. And she was upset at what he had said, like our children, but they did call her back. No, but, you know, she's in that rage of 
if I, I thought I found my family. But I guess not because you. But you have to be very, they're sensitive because they've been from foster parent to foster parent. They feel like they're never a part of a family. So when you hear something like that, it's, it's you know, number one, yes, I screwed up and I'm so sorry. So you're already feeling bad. You're already, you're already down. And then you have something like that. That's like, you know what? Now, now you're so upset with me. I, I can't deal with this. Uh, I'm gone again. They're young so that yeah. they don't know how to really deal with the situation. I think uh, I wonder if that foster family is going to come into play later on. You think so? I don't know. I, I'm just wondering. It is, it is mean, interesting it, that they it, never come back into the picture. Right. Or hmm. try to look for her. I mean, we don't know that, but I don't know. Oh, they just she lost. She's she gone. left. Okay. Well, <laughs> just us now. Yeah. I guess we'll see. So that's pretty much the dynamic duo. Definitely a dynamic. Two dynamic duos. Yeah. Between Emma, Lily, and Emma and Regina. Yeah. Now on to the tricky, tricky parts of the story. <laughs> and who is that? He's always up to tricks and he's always a step ahead of everybody because he's always in manipulation mode. And that is Rumple Stillskin, Mr. Gold. And there's a couple things that happened in this episode that Rumple's a part of that has me thinking, you know, here he goes again. He always tries to say, you know, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm I'm a changed man. But then he does these things and I'm like, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you, you haven't fooled me. Maybe fooled them. <laughs> kind of taking it personal, right? <laughs> but um, so he, he sees Will and says, you know, I need you because we're after the same person. But there's something that you don't know. She doesn't have her heart. Regina had it. So... They go through all the trouble. He's trickery. He's able to get the heart back by using Will to steal it from Maleficent, which I thought was kind of like, uh, you know, too, that was too easy. And why would Will ever, ever help him? Why doesn't anybody just turn their back on him? Yeah. He's, he's so vulnerable right now. And he's so, like, I didn't see the leverage that he had on will i think the leverage was that his her heart wasn't in her she doesn't have a heart right now I so think that it was, was his leverage. mission to say well you know i love her so i'm gonna get it for exactly. her exactly so uh, so there's that and then when he finally gets the heart and they both go to bell it was a surprise to bell that they were working together right as it is for us mm-hmm. but then bell acts as if she she didn't know that her heart was taken from her which is a huge surprise for me because I thought this whole entire time that one scene that Re- she tells Regina, what do you need from me? You know, pretty much saying, I'm here to help you. Just tell me what you want and I'll go with it. And then at this, this scene right there, she acts as if like, oh, my heart's taking from me. Oh, I have been operating without a heart. What? What? <laughs> yeah, I thought the same thing too because I thought they were in on it together. But as you were talking right now, I thought, I thought of something mm. in the last episode when she was controlling her, she's with the heart and, you know, is whispering into it and telling her what to do. She says, now go home and take a nap and forget anything, everything that's ever that has happened. So maybe by her saying that she forgot that her heart was gone. But I don't know, because I was on the same page with you because we don't see that part. Did she take it? Mm. Uh, did Regina take her heart? Uh, without her permission or did Belle give her permission? She just forgot or... <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe it is what you said that because she said now forget everything, forget she everything. even forgot the fact that she told Regina it's possible or she has permission. Right. So that's the tricky part. And then the second tricky part to that is Rumple touches. This is the this is the part that caught my attention. It wasn't Will who put her heart back into her. It was Rumple who touched it and then put it back into Belle. And he's trying to come off as I'm doing the right thing in front of Will, right? Saying, I'm doing the right thing. He deserves you, blah, 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 blah. Here's your heart. You know, see you later, right? To me, I think he did something while he was touching her heart to have that that desire for him to reignite. So that's why when, you know, that happens, he's leaving and she's kind of like, 
she's touched by the whole moment. Right. And and when Will tries to grab her hand, she pretty much she brushes it off and yep. she's just caught by his attention. So I'm like, you, again, you jerk. <laughs> you did something <laughs> to it. You did something to it. Stop you know, acting that way. At first, I didn't think that. And, and then when you said that, you know, I was like, hey, you, you're probably right because Rumple just doesn't do things just to do things. There's always no. a ultimate, uh, ulterior motive. Oh yeah, there's something going on. So, yeah, I wonder if that'll come to light later on. Yeah, it's hard for me to like Rumpel. There was a moment in time I I liked him. I, I'm he's one of my favorite villains, but at the same time, at right now, you'll just like want to strangle him. Yeah, he's annoying, but then he can't always be good. No, he can't. <sighs> oh, Rumpel, Rumpel, Rumpel. Now, right before we go into the Game Changer, which this time we did not put the Game Changer at the beginning because I don't feel that it it revolved around the whole episode. It was more the Game Changer at the end, Mm -hmm. whereas Lily and Emma was the center of this whole story. So right before we get into the Game Changer, I wanted to bring up the Charmings one more time. They do go and apologize to Maleficent. And that's when she says, you know, that you shouldn't apologize to me. You should apologize to my daughter for what you did to her life. And they say something that you're not supposed to ever say. Specifically, Charmine said, we'll do whatever it takes. Right. We'll do whatever it takes. Yeah. Yes, you got it. We're, we're going to make it up to her. I was like, oh, come on. You guys need to learn. There's no making it up. There's no not only making it up, but you never say we'll do whatever it takes because then <laughs> that's the, at the cost of something that you love and cherish. So, uh, and I'm anticipating of what that cost is going to be. Oh, boy. Yeah. Probably has something to do with Emma, I'm sure. Since you brought up the Charmings, there's a little side note that I wrote down. With the Charmings, are they, they're practically pretty much the only ones with no magic. They don't really have any magical powers. Rumple, Regina, Emma. Oh, I guess Hook doesn't really either, but. I thought Snow did. I thought Snow had something with the hands too. Uh, Charming, I don't think so. Charming was just is just courageous. I guess he's a good fighter. I don't know, but I I'm under the impression that they don't have any kind of power. I think you're right. Which is which is hmm. funny and not funny, which is kind of ironic because you Their know power is love, Trina. That's right. It's true love, <laughs> which brought the savior, who's very you know powerful. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's what it is. I don't know. That's just a tangent offside thing that I wanted to comment on. Yeah. You don't really, they don't really have any kind of magical power. Hmm. I I, I want to say that we've seen something from Snow, but I am not 100%. I'm more at like a 50%. <laughs> not, even. not even 70%? <laughs> no, because no, I think it was like one scene like seasons ago. So I'm not sure, but. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Well, if she does, it she she doesn't use it. Yeah, I guess she doesn't really need to use it, but there hasn't been a time. Well, what about all those threats that they've had in the past? All right, ready for the game changer? Let's do it. So the obviously the biggest bombshell of this episode is Zelina is pregnant. She has a a meatloaf in the oven. Is that what they said? Right. And you said that last week too. And I'm like, no, nah, I, I don't think that. I think she just literally has a meatloaf in the oven. Yeah, we were watching it and yeah. it caught my attention. I said, wait, what? Uh-oh. And then we both kind of said, nah, let's just, we brushed it off. There's like, no way. There's no way. Let's move on. There's nothing about it. But then, bam, we're just hit with this surprise, which is she really pregnant or... Is it just kind of a, a controlling factor to for get Regina for Regina and, and Robin, Robin? Which Robin, ugh, it's my code. It's my code. Oh my gosh! Yes, yes your code to to go flip flop all the time. Is that yes. what your code is? I, I I wrote down literally in my notes. Forget your damn code. <laughs> Forget your code because. Now you find out that Marion wasn't Marion all along and it was Zelina and now she's pregnant, but you still want to take care of your, I don't know. I guess that kind of sounded wrong coming out of my mouth right now, but (laughs) I'm just saying like, come on, Robin. And then I think his face was classic, classic, classic when Zelina revealed herself. Yeah. And his face is just disgust. 
Like what? Disgust and shock, which I think would be enough to for you to walk away and say, yeah, I, I need some space right now. Exactly. Like, this is crazy. But he is pretty set in stone. Like, no, I'm not leaving, which was surprising to me. Not not not. I guess the game changer was not only that Zelina is pregnant, but the game changer is that Robin is so stubborn and in this very same moment to not leave with Regina, the, the woman that he claimed to love so dearly. But he's uh, a man of his a word man of his honor committed. and code. Yes. Yeah. And he, that's what he follows. I think that's his downfall. Yeah. And th- this is uh, something that, both Ruthie and Karen brought up in their episode when they substituted for us that it's kind of tricky to have a character flip-flop like that when you have children watching. Oh, absolutely. Who are trying to understand, you know, what love is, what is it all about? It's it's about being with the one you truly love. But then you have this character (laughs) flip-flopping and, you know, as an adult, it just kind of upsets me. Um, just that story alone it's like come on like what it's your code and then all of a sudden you just do this and you don't give the you don't pay the respect to talk to regina about what's going on either so there's just a lot of how would you say that just moral conflict in this particular storyline right here am i alone on that (laughs) No, because you're right. He could have communicated to her and picked up her phone call. Remember when she was being an adult about it? Not exactly. Just and communicate and say, you know what? I've made my decision. I'm just going to stay here. And, you know, I'm going to keep my word and and stay married. This is where I want to be. And he didn't even have the balls to say that. No. <laughs> but so, yeah. Do you, do you think that there will be a moment that Regina is able to convince him to come back? What's in the future for them? Do you think that she's really pregnant? Zelina. That is one hell of a twist that if she is. Part of me hopes she's not. But I don't know. I kind of think she is. And then we have to go back to this scene. And this is Lily's first moment of scene magic. Okay. Now that is... I wrote this down. Why would she be con- like? Why would she be confused about magic if she knew her whole background? It's her first time seeing it. I think. I there's, guess. There's one. She's like, there's what's one. That? Well, there's one thing to know, you know, of it, but then to see it happen right before your eyes, it it's a surprise. It's like, whoa! What what just happened? That's magic. So that was I her guess. first moment of magic. I guess so. <laughs> I mean, you don't if, buy if, it. If, I I kind of don't. But again, you know, it goes back to our our little theory that she probably knows more about, you know what I mean? I mean, pretending not to know, I should say, you know, she probably already knows she has some kind of magic. Oh, yeah. So she's playing the the fool by saying, what is that? Again, suckering Emma. (laughs) Well, that's all for, for us. But let's get into some of the listener feedback. So let's start off with Eliana. Eliana. Okay. She writes, here are my thoughts for this episode. It doesn't make any sense that Emma's going dark if the apprentice took all her darkness and put it into Lily, unless it's the power of suggestion. And when the sorceress said their fate has always been intertwined, does that mean what the author made the apprentice do wouldn't have mattered? Good point. We kind of said that earlier too. Like if they're always connected, it shouldn't matter what, they had done done to her. Yeah. I'm really mad that Regina took Belle's heart without her permission. Ah, Belle still has her heart for Rumple. They still need to explain why Will is here and what happened to Anna. I think L- at this point they want us to forget Anna. <laughs> I think so too. I mean, people keep wondering about them too, but there's like Will's storyline is kind of like in the background. They just threw it out the window and, and it's, their relationship is in full swing at this moment. Oh, yeah. All right. And Liana then goes to say, love Regina talking to em- love Regina talking Emma down. It was great seeing young Emma and Lily. My question is, since the apprentice told Lily the truth, shouldn't she go after the author Isaac, even though the Charmings made that choice? He did point them in that direction that took them, took them down that path. 
Hmm. Which we kind of agree, right? Yeah, I agree. Okay, this show became soapy at the end when Zelina revealed herself, then Robin saying she's pregnant, <laughs> which I hope she's not. <laughs> That's a funny one. Yeah, like soap opera-ish. It's totally soap opera-ish, right? You are the father. <laughs> and I am not who you think I am. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Eliana writes, My theory is the author is going to rewrite everything and the villains are going to be the heroes and the heroes are going to be the villains. And everyone's going to disappear from Storybrooke into the Enchanted Forest. Since we know Henry was born here, he is left alone and he's going to be the new author because Isaac will probably be dead and Henry will have to rewrite it back the way it was. Kind of goes along with the whole Henry being the author theory. I do like that, uh, you know, that would explain Regina's dream if they were all put back into Storybrooke and they flip-flopped. But which would make... Zelina, Regina, Regina, Zelina. <laughs> I don't know. It's confusing. It's, it is confusing, but yeah, good point. Good point. Now we have Chris Tipton. Chris I believe. Tipton. Chris Wright once got back in my good graces this week. While not a spectacular, <laughs> while not a spectacular episode, still very good. I know he he really he really uh he was quite disappointed last yeah, week, very much so. <laughs> okay. So Chris Wright. I seriously hope there is more to the sorcerer. I hope this was just sort of like when they use the communicators in Star Wars. If this is all there is to him is a big swirling blob, then it's a huge letdown. (laughs) (laughs) I say the same thing. I too. I'm expecting a person. I was thinking of the Oz. You know how they have the smoke and then it's a guy, someone operating behind the curtain. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. But I was like, come on. I I hope so too. I hope it's an actual person. Not that swirly blob thing that he says okay he writes nice to finally put to bed that they are different entities at least Mm -hmm. so apparently it was still the author who wrote everything that came after he got trapped nice to have that address that kind of go throws out our theory that who was writing while the author was trapped i don't know if they really did they clear that up i'm not sure i don't remember that hmm I'm going to have to go back chris and yeah see that i don't remember that at all i didn't catch that Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll have to go back and watch. Yeah. I'm going to say Cruella is definitely gone. We saw the body and a coffin. She's gone. Or is she? Who put her in the coffin? I'm just joking. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. She has to be gone. I don't think there's any any point. And no magic smoke came out of her body. Exactly. And into a portal. It was actually a body. Mm Mm-hmm. Chris goes on. I'm extremely disappointed that Regina took Belle's heart without permission. It was amazing and foolish when Will told Rumple he's already in the process of stealing Belle's heart. I thought that was a pretty cool line, but yeah, very foolish. It only ticked off Rumple. Okay. Yeah, you don't say that to I him. I know. That really made him mad. Okay. So Chris goes on. I'm very proud of Rumple at least doing one thing right and stepping out of the way of Will and Belle. Mm. I don't, I don't know, know about, about that. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> this is a very sad scene. After everything Rumpel's done, I still somehow feel feel for him. I just I just wish he could get what he wants without hurting people. Yeah, it's kind of hard for me to feel for him. Yeah, I don't. Sometimes feel for I him. do, and then I'm like, nah, I'm not gonna get suckered into this guy. I don't, and and I like how Chris, you're able to accept the storyline <laughs> from Rumpel. I'm sorry, but I I I can't. I don't personally trust. Rumple right now, and uh, I I would like to believe that he did the right thing, but I I'm on the fences with him right now. <laughs> I did used to root for him though. Yeah, I did. Okay, he goes on. I'm glad Emma showed some re- remorse for Cruella, and it's nice to know last week was just a stepping stone and not as severe as I thought. I love seeing more backstory between Emma and Lily. It was extremely heartbreaking. I actually like the twist that fate drove them together and the way they handled Lily's life being inherently full of darkness made sense. I'm actually starting to enjoy the way they're handling Emma going dark. It's just a steady slide. That's true. He brought something up that I think it's very important when it comes to Emma. And I, at the top of my head, I don't remember the exact line that she said, but she does regret doing what she did to Corella. I think if you're a villain, you don't feel bad for what you did. If you're yeah. turning dark, you don't feel bad. You'll always find a way to justify it. And she hasn't justified it. She, she's she does full feel remorse. 
take she takes complete responsibility and she says something along the lines of, you know, what I did was a mistake. I didn't in, in, didn't mean for it to happen mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean that we just brush it off. I, I I'll have to go back and and kind of extract that sentence later, but that's a good point, Chris, that you brought up. Starting to enjoy the way they're handling Emma going dark is just a steady slide. I hope there's an epic payoff. I don't really mind them using fate to explain all the conveniences away, but it's still kind of cheap. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Regina talking Emma down was awesome. This whole scene was amazing. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, it was. I'm very glad Emma did the right thing. Maybe she won't go dark. This definitely puts it in doubt a little bit. I do worry what them taking her to Storybrooke Man Leash. I love that the apprentice got to Lily in our world and told told her everything. Very cool. I guess he can literally go to any realm at any time. And Lily calling him Yoda was one of my favorite lines yeah, ever. Yeah, it that was, was pretty too. awesome. <laughs> it was mine. Zelina is pregnant. Wow. Didn't see this coming. Everyone was saying that Regina was probably pregnant. But no, this was just shocking to me. That would have been a cool twist if Regina was the one pregnant, though. Mm-hmm. I do kind of wonder how Zelina got pregnant. And Robin still never noticed the necklace. Yes. I was thinking that too. Like, how come we didn't realize that necklace? This was an awesome twist. But then with that necklace, I think, didn't he give it to Marion when they were back in the, in Sherwood Forest? I think so. And so I guess when Zelina took over the body, he wouldn't have known. I thought he had given to her. But anyway. An update on last week. After listening to all the podcasts, rewatching the episode, and more thought, I do like last week's episode better. I still have some problems, but I don't hate it so much anymore. I would say 6.75 out of 10 skin authors. As for this week, I really enjoyed it. 8 out of 10 dragon leashes. <laughs> he updated his rating. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it takes a while, I think, too. Like, you and I, we kind of watch it twice. Yeah, sometimes we watch, I watch it three times. I'm yeah. like, I need to re-see that. And sometimes I'll just listen to it on my headphones at work just to hear what they're saying. But yes, I guess some episodes can grow on you. There's another thing that he brought up that I want to touch on. And Rumpel touches touches on it in this episode. He mentioned something along the lines like Emma's on her journey to becoming dark. Now, if you take a look at the history of Regina, it took her time to become the evil queen. It's taken some time for Zelina to become evil. She became evil a little quicker because her envy just was so strong mm-hmm. that she she turned green quickly and she she's just pure evil. She doesn't let it go. You have Rumple who over time it took him to desire to become the dark one, the evil one. It, and him he's a little different because he has a dagger, the dagger instantly turns you dark. But right. his desire was one that grew. So if you take a look at all the villains, it takes a journey for them to t- to go to that point to say, now I'm a villain. So he's hoping that like these these events, recurring events, you know, one after the other starts to really hit Emma hard and she becomes the dark one. That's what he's hoping. Everything that he keeps doing in these past episodes is, it's a mission to keep pretty much hitting the rock until it cracks. Yeah. And and I like that. I just wanted to touch on that, <laughs> that Chris brought that up. Yeah, that does make a, that does make sense. And I never thought of it that way because you always just think a villain's a villain. They're a villain. They've always been a villain. But, you know, with Once Upon a Time, you don't always, with everybody's backstory that we're watching... That's not always the case. It does take time. And, you know, you have perfect perfect examples. Rumpel, Regina, Zelina. Yeah. So we're adding a new segment, segment. to the show. Yes. Uh, thank you to Karen and Ruthie. Yes. As I mentioned on the last episode, well, let's go two episodes prior. We had Karen and Ruthie substitute for us. And then last episode, we kind of put out there a call that if you enjoyed the spoiler section, that we'll bring it back. And we have Karen now joining us for the spoiler section. It's now going to be part of our show. But 
don't worry. We won't just throw it in your face and say, here's the spoilers. We, we give you fair warning um, going forward right after we read the feedback and kind of close the show towards the end. That's where you, you will hear the spoiler section. There'll be a special music sound that when you hear that sound, you know, hey, it's spoiler section. And if it's not for you, just shut the rest off of this episode. Don't listen to it. And then once you've seen the episode, upcoming episode, you can go ahead and listen to what we had to say. So with that said, Trina, I will take my headphones off and let you two take it away because I don't want to enjoy these spoilers. Yeah. So I will be right back. Enjoy. And now it's time for our spoiler segment. About two weeks ago, we had Karen and Ruthie substituting for us while we were away and we fell in love with the segment. And I, when I say we, that's me and you, the listener. And we have to give you justice and bring back Karen to go ahead and give us some more spoilers. So Karen, thank you so much for joining us and doing this. You're welcome. Silly Trina. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Spoiler free. Yeah, she she's she had to put her headphones away and she walked away. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Yeah. But hopefully we'll get to say something to her when she comes back. Yeah. So um I hear you like my little opening music. I do. Can we hear it? <laughs> sure. Let me play it. You can't touch this. <laughs> so that means if you don't want to hear spoilers, then you need to do what Trina just did and take out your headphones and put them away. And walk away. Put the phone down. <laughs> That's right. Because we're going to be talking about Mother, the next episode of Once Upon a Time that airs on the 3rd of May. May. Oh, my goodness. It's already May. That's craziness. It's going by so quick. Shall we talk about it? Yes. Let's jump in. And exciting news. Barbara Hershey's back. Yay. <laughs> yes. Speaking of mothers. <laughs> um, Emma returns to Storybrooke to reunite Lily with Maleficent while Regina and Robin struggle to cope with the implications of Zelina's pregnancy when Gold's health takes a turn for the worse Isaac looks to a new ally for help procuring the magic ink he needs to rewrite history <laughs> in a fairy tale land flashback Cora returns from Wonderland to beg Regina's forgiveness for the anniversary of Daniel's murder Cora vows to help her daughter find true love, but Regina remains suspicious of her mother's intentions on Once Upon a Time, Sunday, May 3rd at 8 p.m. Eastern on the ABC television network. Ugh, apparently, I can't talk tonight. <laughs> I think because there's too many bombshells in there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so we have, of course, Barbara Hershey coming back as Cora, and it's all going to be in flashbacks, obviously, since yes. she is no longer with us. Yeah. Um, and we have... Someone named Tony Perez is a valet, and he is listed second billing in the guest stars. Hmm. So, hmm, he's it's above in there, right? He's above Sean McGuire as Robin Hood and Rebecca Mater as Zelena and Will Treval and everybody else. <laughs> so, I mean, he might have some sort of a part in the show that's important. You don't get a big up, yeah. I can't say this. <laughs> you don't get billing up that high if you're not. Yeah, if you're not important in the story. So Tony oh. is important. That's right. So we'll find out, right? Yes. And how are you, how are you feeling with Barbara coming back? What Do you have I'm, any suspicion or have any more to add to this? I am great with it. Uh, <laughs> I loved her on the show. She was irritating sometimes, but her <laughs> when she was with Hook... Um, they were amazing together. Just the evil duo to end all evil duos before he became the good guy that he is now. And uh, she, oh, wow. I mean, she's what made Regina into Who the Regina we see now. I, 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 yeah. So, I mean, how could you not love her? Um, and to see her in another flashback, uh, yeah. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> and, th and these flashbacks, again, uh, the reason why I love them, they answer all our questions or they tend to start revealing all the questions that we have in our head when we're watching these stories. And we need to know, like, what, what happened? And yeah. 
when I'm seeing her name, I can't say it out loud because Trina's still in the room. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I can't wait. I'm actually getting the chills because Zelina's uh, return alone was a huge surprise. So right. To have this character return is another just bang out of the the wind, I think. Right. Right. And now one thing I did notice reading this as well was that you and Trina were talking about um, Isaac and the implications of, you know, what he needed to rewrite history. And now we know that the magic ink, he did lose that mm-hmm. um, when he changed uh, Cruella. So he does need to re- reacquire that ink. And this is apparently going to be another, you know, another part that he needs to to find this ink. And who is that ally going to be? Hmm. Mm. Big question. <laughs> we'll see. But I I remember you guys were saying that. And is the paper part of it? Is the ink the the major part of it? When we know he was already looking for some magical wood for right. the pen, and you know, so maybe some of those questions will get answered as well. I so. hope so because the, uh, as you heard, we were kind of confused. Is it the paper? Is it the chicken or the egg? Right. Then- <laughs> so now we know at least it is the pen and the ink. Yes. And maybe we'll hear more about the paper and then a little bit more about Daniel as well, which who we've had, we haven't seen anything or heard anything about for a long, long time. So now Daniel, uh, if you can refresh my mind, he's um, who she was in love with first. Is that right? right. The yeah. state hand. Yeah. Oh, my God. We haven't heard anything about him like specifically since Frankenstein. That's right. Whoa. Whoa, so, whoa. I mean, they've referenced, you know, the fact that she lost her love, but they we haven't heard his name in a long time. So, so it's just a huge love affair surrounding Regina right now. Yep, exactly. A lot of stuff happening. So I can't wait. I don't know about you, but I can't wait. And it was written by Jane Espenson, who, you know, is like one of my favorite writers on the show um, and directed by Ron Underwood, who's also directed a lot of episodes. So I think we have a good pedigree behind us as well. Oh, definitely. So bring Trina back so I can at least say hi. Okay. Trina, you can come back. She's oh, hello. Hi. Like, thanks for joining us once again, or Addie, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, that's it for my spoilers. Thanks for having me again. We appreciate Hopefully you have, coming back on the show. I think this is going to be a fun segment for now on going forward. Yay. Absolutely. And I'm hoping to get the spoilers for the next two episodes soon. They haven't showed up on the site yet because they're the last two episodes. Um, as soon as I get them, I will let you know. And I will post pictures and the summary with that little spoiler space on your Facebook page ASAP. As a fair warning to those who don't want to hear it or see it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So thanks for having me again. And we'll talk to you later. Awesome. Right. Thank you so much, Karen. Thank you. So that about gives a little bow tie on this episode when it comes to Lily. We deep dove into the story behind Lily and Emma, Zelina being pregnant and all. So we're kind of excited of what's to come. We have this next episode coming up. And then the season finale. Which is a two-hour special. So it's pretty much three episodes all together that's left. I don't know. I'm kind of nervous. Are they going to answer my questions? Are am I going to be satisfied? This uh, the the ends of seasons always get me nervous. Like, I'm like oh, nervous, excited. Yeah, I agree because I really want to know what happens here. I mean, is there a war that's going to unleash? Just looking at the next week's preview, mm-hmm. I don't know. It could get pretty hairy in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. All right. We just always want to say thank you for taking the time to listen to us. And we hope that you enjoy each and every episode. We always do this for the love of the show and for sharing it with you. We have the same passion. Once again, we are Beyond Storybrooke. And this is made possible by GoldenSparrowMedia.com. If you'd like to support us, always hit head over there to BeyondStorybrooke.com. And then click on the Patreon button because that's what keeps this show going and this whole network. And again, special thank you to Karen for joining us on the show and having the spoiler segment. She's a great person to connect with, and we'll have all of her information in the show notes, specifically her Twitter page, where she has all of her information there because she does the Gotham podcast. 
She does the Sleepy Hollow and she does the Under the Dome podcast for Golden Spiral Media. But that's not all. So head over to our show notes page for this episode. It's episode 20 named Lily. And in the show notes, you'll find the link that will connect you directly to Karen. Thanks for listening. 